What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Today is the day. We have made it through the NBA postseason, the offseason, and our NBA Top 30, and we are ready to talk NFL football for the first time this season, starting today with the NFC North Divisional Preview. And then Saturday, we will be dropping the AFC North Divisional Preview. And every week for the next four weeks, you'll be getting two episodes of Fouled Out until we have finished all of our division previews leading up to the week of September 4th, the first week of the NFL season, where we will drop our picks pod and preview the first week of NFL action. I'm so excited that it's only a month away. Man, we are getting so close. Fantasy football drafts are starting. It's one of the best times of the year little bit of a different format this year. Uh, we are going to go over our biggest storylines for each division and then do a topic that Matt came up with and it's win ranges for each team. Uh, how many games we think each team can win this season and will win, uh, giving you kind of like a range of like what's the low end that they're going to win and what's the high end. So that's going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see how those shake out and uh, take a look at how those compare to each team's over under for the season. And then we're going to wrap up with bold predictions and we're going to pick the division winners on these podcasts this year, instead of saving that for the picks pod. And we'll fill in all the blanks when we get to the first week of the season. So, uh, really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. I'm super excited to talk football with Matt. So let's bring him in. Let's go. Matt is here. Matt, finally, NFL football has come back to the Fouled Out podcast. Are you ready for some football, my friend? Yeah, I, I'm ready for this sweet, sweet release. Mm. When we do the marketing stuff for the podcast and they're like, who's your target audience? I'm like people who understand that I was just impersonating The Rock is like, really the sweet spot for this podcast <laughs> like if you guys like oddly specific references i yeah exactly like if i just said that and someone's like one of their eyebrows went up on one side and they called whoever's in the car with them a jabroni you are the target market for this podcast <laughs> but we are starting nfl uh, coverage today with the nfc north I feel like every other year when we do this, we always do like the AFC first. And we're switching it up because half of this podcast is very, very excited <laughs> for the NFL season uh, and this division in particular. You're you're a lifelong Lions fan. I live yes. in Metro. I live in Metro Detroit. I'm like 10 minutes north of Detroit. Uh, and the buzz is palpable this season for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for good reason. But, like, as a lifelong Lions fan, there is just that little, like, voice in the back of your head of, like, but what if it's not real? <laughs> We've just seen this movie so many times. But, uh, yeah maybe this will make you feel better is that the difference between like past lions hype and this year's hype uh, 
is that I'm actually buying in. Is <laughs> that I we're going to talk about win ranges here in the sec for yeah. team teams in this division, but I'm very high on the Lions this season, and I'm not the only one. You guys are actually getting national respect. Yeah, kicking off the NFL season against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. You don't just get that game just well, because you're fun to watch. And reasonably so. There's a number of Lions fans that are like, okay, but like, are the Lions going to have like a fair game happen with the refs in that game? The way I see it, that's literally the first game of the year. All eyes are on that game. I know that the NFL does a lot of like, fuck you, you'll watch it anyways. But that would be low even for them. I will watch it anyways, though. Oh, I will too. <laughs> I will, no matter what happens that first game, that'll be the true test for the Lions as like a nationally respected team yeah. is they've been screwed over by more bad calls on nationally televised games than I think any other team in any other sport. Yeah. We'll see if that happens again this year, but let's jump into the divisional preview. The NFC North, uh, we're going to start with the biggest storylines and I'll I'll let you go first because yours ties into what we've been talking about. Well, shockingly, uh, mine revolves around the Lions. Who could have imagined that? (laughs) So mine is the changing of the guard and whether or not the Lions can actually get the job done and win the division this year. Uh, They have everything that they should possibly need in order to get that job done. The only real threat to them in the division right now is the Vikings. Uh, Maybe slight foreshadowing for our win ranges, but even that Vikings team, the Lions should have beat them twice last year. And the Lions were very active in improving their roster. So, It's not a matter of can they, it's a matter of execution and getting the job done on Sundays. The thing I'm watching for most with Detroit this season is how do they come out of the gate? Yep. I just feel like this has been a story with the lions for so long. And like, I, I made the meme, you know, I did the lion system last year. That was what the L stands for the I stands for. And like, I was (laughs) teasing you, but there was a large degree of truth to the fact that yeah, typically like they get a lot of hype, especially in the area that I live in. Mm-hmm. And then they come out and they go like one in five, yeah, two and seven, and then get hot like late in the season. We saw it again last year yeah. where the only reason they didn't make the playoffs is because they got off to a bad start. Yeah. Cause they started one and six. It started one and six and like lost to Philly the first week they, of the season, like 38, 35. They they didn't make the playoffs because they couldn't make the, the Seahawks punt once. If they punted once, they win that game and they're in the playoffs. That's pretty bad. That that is the thing that worries me with the Lions this year, too. I still am somewhat concerned about the defense. I think they did a lot to address it this offseason. Uh, you think about guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Pascal, like some of the younger guys, yeah, d- like making a jump this year. And then I love the what the Lions did 
defensively in the draft. But they were so bad for such a long portion of last year Mm -hmm. that that's like the first thing I want to see improve. And it's going to get tested immediately. Oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You want to talk about trial by fire, right? Uh, And then like, (laughs) like it gets easier, but not by nearly as much as you think, because like, the next several games are like, yeah, they played the Seahawks, the Falcons come to town, uh, which like, not the, like the biggest challenge, but they have the ability to put up some points. They got, I, they got some pieces. I just want to warn the listeners that I am, there are a couple teams that I'm like yeah. irrationally high on this season and the Falcons may or may not be one of them. Yeah. A uh, couple weeks later, they play the Panthers, who could be very good. Like starting I, off the season with both the Chiefs and then following that up with the Seahawks is mm. rough. The Seahawks yeah. are another team I'm high on this season. Let me throw a completely meaningless stat at you: strength of schedule. <laughs> like, God, literally the dumbest thing. Uh, at this point in the season, but the Lions' schedule projects as the 11th easiest in the league this season. So yeah. I, it's not it's not too bad, but I agree. Like the some of the harder games are up front this season. Yeah. I mean, so we're gonna find out a lot about them early, and it's it's just one of those things with yeah. the Lions is like, God, if they could just go like four and four, three and five, the first half of the season, mm-hmm. they'll easily be a playoff team because they're going to pick it up the second half of the season like they always do yeah you'd see it to a degree in past regimes like especially after patricia got fired because guys actually started having fun but like i do think that that is a huge testament under this regime to dan campbell and this coaching staff that like these guys do genuinely actually get better as the season goes on. Like you see tangible improvements. Yeah. Just speaking of damn Campbell real quick, I'd loved his quote the other day when they asked about, they're like, do you feel pressure with all these expectations? And he's (laughs) just like, I don't feel pressure. What I feel is the Detroit fans, like a wind beneath my wings lifting us forward. I was like, God, I love this guy so much. Like I, I would run through a wall for him. I've never even met him. I'm like, I'll whatever you say, coach. I got you. Uh, I do wonder when all that caffeine's gonna make that our guy's heart explode. <laughs> he's how old is he? He's like fifty. He's got to be around fifty. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not gonna coach as long as like Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich. <laughs> it's just not possible. But uh, my my biggest storyline for the NFC North this year is. Are the young quarterbacks the answer Uh, specifically for the two teams that you didn't mention? You mentioned the Lions and the Vikings. I'm looking at Justin Fields and Jordan Love and thinking, man, we we need to find out about these guys this season and we need to find out quickly. Fields showed flashes last year, uh, especially with his running ability. But there's a lot of questions about whether or not he's more than just a fantasy quarterback. Jordan Love, who 
I I have Jordan Love stock. I still have it. I'm still holding it. It's a bad, bad stock to have. He has showed us absolutely nothing. And they have a decision to make on him because his contract is going to be up after yeah. next season and they, they haven't extended well, him. So no, they they did give him that weird extension. And but like it gives him like some sort of like financial security if they're like nah this ain't it but also like they're not giving him like a true quarterback extension so they're not totally royally fucked but it's just like a really weird awkward situation for him and that entire franchise it's a weird spot to be in if you're a Packers fan because you've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the last yeah 31 years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, when Rogers took over for Brett Favre, there was some question marks there. I, I don't know that this is going to be that same kind of transition where you go no. from Favre to Rogers. But the question is like, can Jordan love be a starting quarterback in the NFL? I think as a Packers fan too, you kind of have to ask yourself, even if the answer is Yes. Is he good enough that winning games makes you not be like, but Caleb Williams? That's the problem for the Packers, though. Like, unless Jordan Love is just complete and utter dog yeah. shit. They have not- enough other good players on that roster that they will win some games. Right, but... So it may not be like Caleb Williams, but is it like Drake May or is it like a Bo Nix or someone like that? It's like, oh, yeah, there are some other guys who are going to be first rounders who are interesting. Penix Jr. Yep. And then on the Bears side, it's like you had the opportunity to potentially draft another franchise quarterback this season. Yep. Could have taken Bryce Young. Could have taken Anthony Richardson. And like, we'll see how those guys turn out. Mm -hmm. But you trade away the first pick for a wide receiver and the ninth pick and you yeah. use the ninth pick to draft uh, offensive lineman. They've made it very clear that fields is their guy ride yeah. or die going forward. They've invested heavily in the offense, trying to fix the offensive line, trying to bring in some more weapons for him, uh, getting him help in the backfield with like Donta Foreman drafting mm-hmm. Roshan Johnson. Yeah. DJ Moore obviously being the major acquisition for their weapons. Uh, but yeah. they also extended Cole Komet recently. So they're building this team around him and yeah. we're sitting here saying like, okay, we're not a hundred percent sure that you should have traded that number one pick away yet. One thing I will say to give credit to this bears regime is maybe more so me than you, but we have definitely been very critical of the Portland Trailblazers for not picking a clear defined path. The bears have been very clear about the path that they're choosing. And that like, I, I will respect that. There are a ton of people who have a ton of stock in Justin Fields this year to the point that Justin Fields has more bets put on him to win the MVP than anyone else in the NFL, despite some guys who 
have similar odds to win, right? It's not just odds hunting. (laughs) While he still has yet to show any substantial jump as a passer in the NFL. There have been flashes, and I will admit, like, he still throws a very pretty deep ball. But the thing is, is that my gripes about him now as a passer are the same gripes I've had about him, what, three years ago when he was coming into the league? So those haven't gone away. Certainly, he didn't have any offensive line help first couple of years. I'll give him credit there. But yet, Allen Robinson is working here. Yeah. I mean, I understand the argument that, like, okay, they had yeah. Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet last season. So, like, yeah. not good weapons. The offensive line was yeah. near the bottom of the league. Like, I, I sure. get all that. But that's the thing. It's like, okay, so they went out and they invested in this. And yeah. I feel like for Ryan Poles, like, I'm going to go back to another NBA reference and say – when Vladi Divac took Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic in the draft, the very first thing I did when I got done throwing up was I text you and I was like, I mean, that's your pick. You better be right or you're fired. Yeah. And I feel like we could say the same thing about Ryan Poles and the Bears is like Fields was your guy. You drafted Mm -hmm. him. You had the chance to get out of it. And you picked him. And like, yes, I respect that but you better be right or yeah. else you're going to get fired. They actually probably, probably could have gotten some like actual draft value to send fields to someone if they were in on Bryce Young. Like, I think it would be totally worthwhile to send someone like a second round pick for some like fields. Like it's a little bit of a risk. Yes. But the upside's really high. He's still really young. The right coaching situation, like he could be incredible. But you you gotta be right when you double down on this and like a quarterback came out in this draft who the only legitimate knock on his game is his height. There's been a lot of uh excuses made. For Justin Fields and some of them like yeah those things legitimately were there but there has been a lot of retooling on that offensive line it is definitively more talented now you got DJ Moore you know you cannot say that you don't have protection or weapons it's do or die time yeah and so- Jordan Love just the Packers don't even like him. <laughs> no, so we, we we all saw what they did to his family when he started that game in Kansas City. That was the weirdest. Like they couldn't even save them tickets. They're just like, here, yeah. your your tickets are in the very back of Kansas City Stadium. Like, yeah, it was like the very last row. It's really weird. So yeah, decision time for both these guys. I think you know the Packers have to make a decision on Love. The Bears. Yeah are like, God, if Fields doesn't take the jump that they're expecting this year, then that's going to be really interesting really quickly. Yep. Um, so let's go on to our new segment for this year. Uh, an idea that Matt pitched. So if it doesn't work, we all know who to blame. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, 
just kidding. The uh, win ranges for each team. So what we did is we went to all four teams in the division and came up with a range of how many games we think they can win, uh, like on the low end and on the high end. Yeah, and we would expect them to be somewhere in between. You can start. Give me your first team and what your range is, and then I'll give you mine. I went in alphabetical order by city. So first one up for me is the Chicago Bears. Uh, I have them from four to six. I know that there's some popular sports media that have them quite a bit higher, but I think people are forgetting that they literally had the worst record in the league last year. And a lot of what they are relying on to improve their roster are rookies and overplayed free agents. And historically, that has not panned out very well. I I have them from five to nine wins. So I'm higher on them than you are. Yeah, I just I just think that even if Fields shows that like he's a much better player, like that team still needs to learn how to win. They've been and pretty much everyone on that roster has done nothing but lose. And like there's just so many holes that still need to be filled. Well, yes, like they kind of like patched stuff up. You need depth to get through an NFL season, and they're gonna need at least another offseason to kind of really fill that in if they do everything right. I I think six wins is fair for things going well. Yeah, they're over under this season is 7.5 right now. Yeah. And maybe that's a little bit of Vegas hype, but I I put them a little bit higher. I think they have the potential to be like within a game or two of 500 this season because their schedule projects as being so bad. Their six easiest schedule in the league. Yeah, I know. I, know I just it talked doesn't about mean how anything, though. It doesn't mean anything right now because like the teams are yeah. how good the teams are is going to be drastically yeah. different. But I still I like what they've done around fields. And I think if he, I don't think he has to take the step forward that people are saying he does for this team to win between like, you know, five and seven games. Yeah. I just think, uh, there's, there's still like a huge issue of, this is mostly a young roster that like they're going to be in position to win games and then lose them because they haven't figured that out yet. Yep, that's fair. But uh, who's next? So the Detroit Lions are up next. I have them between nine and 12. Oh, we have the same number. Yeah. Yeah. So my worst case scenario, I just I don't see them going backwards. I think there's been too much talent added. Um, Obviously, like. Major catastrophic injuries could change all of these win ranges for us we're not accounting for that may account for like guys that have always been injured like but 
Yeah, I mean, to be Otherwise, fair, the, the true range for any team is between zero and seventeen. But yes. if, we're, if we were going to go with that, we just wouldn't do the segment. <laughs> the our what we think is a probable range. Uh, yeah, I just I don't see them getting worse, and the NFL is really tough. And I think that like losing less than five games in a seventeen game season, we're gonna see is like kind of an irregularity you might get like one team a season that does that most years like 12 wins is a lot yeah i i see them as being a winning team this season Mm -hmm. so i started at nine uh because nine and eight would be a winning record i looking at the other teams in this division i think it's totally possible that they go five and one or six and oh in the division and if you know you go five and one in your division, you know all of a sudden we're only like four games away from being a winning team. Uh, so I like that. The and like I said earlier, like the defense worries me, but I think the offense is going to be bonkers this season. Like I think this is going to be a top five offense. Uh, and I like some of the additions they made to de- the defense, like CJ Gardner Johnson, uh, Brian Branch, and Jack Campbell. I'm all. I'm big fans of mm-hmm. all of those guys. So I'm excited to see it. I forgot to mention the Lions over under is nine and a half. Yeah. So Vegas agrees. So Green Bay Packers are up next. I have them between three and six. I don't have any faith in Jordan Love. And maybe I uh maybe I'm too low on him, but I think even if he plays competent football, you know, best case scenario, they're probably splitting with the Bears. They got both the Lions and the Vikings in their division, so they might be losing all four of those games. Like, And then how many out-of-division games are they really winning? I just am not buying it. I put them between four and nine and my notes are just oh basically my goodness. like, I, so I still, like I said, I still have Jordan love stock and this is like the last season where it's either taking off or we're going to have to start selling it at an extremely high loss. And I'm like, man, the, the things he showed when he came out in the draft, the arm talent, the like off platform throws, yeah. but he can't throw a fade. But we knew that he was going to be a project. Yeah. And like he's been a project. And since he's been mm-hmm. a, you know, and people are like, all want to write him off. But it's like, no, it's been a project. We knew it was going to take yeah, two years, three years, four years. And there's just yeah. all, there's all sorts of conflicting reports about him. It has not been positive so far. Yeah. But like, if he can be good, I think they have the roster talent to be around 500 but I could also just see the scenario where he's just completely horrible and they win like three, four games this season. When you look at some of the workouts of him, like trying to throw fades against air and he just can't do it because he, for whatever reason, cannot pull that string and get it to just drop. Uh, There's not a whole lot of guys that ever fix that. I still believe in you, Jordan. 
we can <laughs> we can do this. This is the last season. This is the la- my, like literally my last chance to be right on Jordan Love because I did like him coming out in the draft. I will say talking this much, or more specifically, you defending Jordan Love this much was not something I predicted. I'm, I'm not <laughs> defending him hard. All I'm saying is that- uh, yeah, I, yeah, harder than you think. I believed in him and I, we can do it, Jordan. <laughs> you can do it. 20 touchdowns, 14 interceptions this season. Let's go. I mean, just get them to like five wins so they're just like out of range of the good quarterbacks and we'll be best friends. Yeah. See, <laughs> we'll, we'll all end up liking Jordan Love. Uh, where do you have Minnesota? I have Minnesota between eight and eleven. Find eight fairly improbable, but we are talking about the Vikings, and I can totally see some sort of like scenario that's as crazy as last year was, but the opposite where they just are constantly shooting themselves in the foot or the ball just never bounces the right way for them. Uh, They were absurdly lucky last year. Hey, law of averages says that not only is that not going to come back the other way, like it is entirely possible. It could swing hard the other direction. Um, That being said though, like they're still potentially a very, very potent offense. And you had Jordan Addison out there with uh, Justin Jefferson and Osborne. And like, that's, that's a pretty good trio led by pretty much hands down the best wide receiver in the league. I, he, he is hands down the best wide receiver yeah. in the league and my favorite non-patriot. I love Justin Jefferson. I was talking to Clint earlier today because he was asking about like the best NFL players and what I compared Justin Jefferson's feet to was Allen Iverson. Just so quick that nobody else has a chance. Did you tell Clint he also has incredible intangibles? <laughs> Clint's favorite. So I forgot to mention Green Bay's over under a seven and a half right now. Um, you are lower on Green Bay and Chicago than I am. I'm lower on Minnesota than you are. I had them between seven and nine. Um, you kind of alluded to this. They were 11 and 0 last yeah. year in one score games. Uh, and they were 13 and 15 overall. Mm-hmm. If we like statistically, you should probably be around 500 in those yeah. games. Not definitely not 11 and 0. So, like, if we say let let's say they mm-hmm. went six and five in those games, they would have been an eight win team, right? Last season. So, uh, I I wish that we played an even number of games still. Cause I would just tell you that they're going to be 500 this season. Um, they're over under is eight and a half. And I said seven to nine. So I felt like Vegas and I are in the same zone here. What is your bold prediction for the NFC North? My bold prediction is that the lions will finish the season as a top 10 scoring defense. 
I know that finishing like what 31st or 28th, something like that. Uh, <laughs> that's a large jump to predict. <laughs> but uh, what I saw to close the year, um, seeing Aiden Hutchinson, I just absolutely rocked the fuck up. And the amount of depth that this defense has now with the additions in free agency. Um, I mean, we're probably going to start the year with Emmanuel Mosley, like not even healthy. And when he comes back, like that's an another addition to our secondary. That's already strong. Uh, I know Jerry Jacobs, it, it really isn't getting a whole lot of love outside of like Detroit media because they don't really know who the fuck he is. But like, if you look at his coverage stats, he has been really fucking good in man coverage. And him starting across from Cam Sutton, Tracy Walker's back. Everyone forgot that we even had him uh kirby joseph everyone fell in love with by picking off aaron Rodgers three times in one game (laughs) uh and then we just get to throw cj gardner johnson in the nickel and Brian Branch is coming off the bench i was gonna say didn't even mention my favorite guy yeah uh my Bold prediction uh, kind of fits in with yours. Mine is that Jack Campbell is going to win the defensive rookie of the year. He's currently fifth in odds. He's plus 1400. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the boldest thing I've ever said on this podcast, but I feel like you look at like guys like Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and like Tyree Wilson and like these freak athletes who were drafted in the top 10 Mm -hmm. and everybody would expect like those are the guys that we got to watch out for. Yeah. Uh, I I do think the Lions defense takes a step forward. I think they win this division by multiple games, not to spoil my division winner pick. And I think Jack Mm -hmm. Campbell is like one of those guys who's just going to stuff the stat sheet in a lot of ways. Like he's not going to have a ton of sacks or a ton of tackles for a loss. But I think like the end of the season, it's going to be like, oh shit, he had like, you know, a hundred tackles, five Mm -hmm. force fumbles and like seven passes deflected. And it's just like, his body of work is going to be better than like, oh, Tyree Wilson had 11 and a half sacks, but didn't do much else. I mean, that's entirely dependent on when Tyree Wilson even gets on the fucking field. Yeah, so. well, it's just, <laughs> just an example. But, uh, I, I think Jack but yeah, I, know, I, I hear you. Um, I think the greatest threat to your bold prediction is the rest of that defense. I mean... There's just a ton of guys on that defense that are fully capable of making plays. Um, but like to your credit, the way they set up their their run defense is for the linebackers to make plays. They don't necessarily want their defensive linemen blasting through and being out of position and giving up a huge cutback. So yeah. So I like it. Uh, I picked the Lions to win this division. I take it that you're picking the Bears? 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Lions all the way. Uh, I will be very, very sad if that's not true. So <laughs> I know. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it with you this season. I think it's going to be fun to yeah. have you, you know, have us do this podcast every week with the Lions having like a good season. I feel like that's going to add to the fun. So uh, it, it's really frustrating when every week you're like, we lost, but I feel like we're so close, but I feel like I'm saying this every week and it's never happening. You know what else is funny? I, I still have my blue Kool-Aid in the fridge downstairs from when we did the blue Kool-Aid segment last season and it hasn't, uh, it doesn't age <laughs> still the same. So, uh, but that is it for us. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It's a long name, but you can't miss it. Tune in on Saturday this week for our AFC North preview. We're going to talk about what I think is one of the better divisions in the NFL this season. Uh, and I'm looking forward to breaking that down with you. Yeah, that one's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of thoughts on that one. Questions abound. So, all right, guys, we will see you on Saturday. Bye, guys. Bye, Robin. Bye, Mom. <laughs>